You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, The Sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Introducing our Pigeon Radio Australia presenter and executive producer of the show, Ivan Ponty. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Pigeon Radio Australia brought to you here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. On today's program of Pigeon Radio Australia, we have some uh, repeat segments. While we were off air, while we weren't on the radio, we had some programs that we were doing over the internet. So we're going to uh, have some of those segments today for you to listen to all those people that can't listen to Pigeon Radio Australia on the internet, you can hear these segments now, here, today, on Pigeon Radio Australia. We've also got the latest Racing Pigeon racing results for the last week. So, let's get on with the show. Pigeon Radio Australia, the only devoted Pigeon Radio show in the whole wide world. to introduce our weekly regulars to the program and first of all we've got this fella right here right now do you see banana man hopping over on the white hot sand here he come with some for me freshly taken from banana tree banana man me introducing our pigeon radio australia's the one and only banana man Tony Barbara. And we have 
have to introduce our Pigeon Radio Australia banana man, and that's Tony Barbara. How are you, Tony? G'day, and welcome back to Pigeon Radio Australia. Um, not bad, Ivan, and how is yourself? Yeah, good, mate. I'm going to introduce this pink character right now. And now, introducing our Pigeon Radio Australia's know-it-all spy correspondent, Charlie Gretsch. And we're calling Wallen and Mr. Charlie Gretsch. Hello, good morning, how are you? Yeah, I'm excellent. Yes, what's happening in Wallen? Uh, what's happening? Um, I suppose the same thing is happening everywhere else around Melbourne at the moment. Um, Today was pretty uh, average day. It was sort of good, bad, and it started to rain, and it started to, wind started to carry on. So um, anyway, that's uh, that's the weather for you in Melbourne. And Wallen is um, going okay. Well, I've got to introduce this guy right now. Thanks for that, Charlie. I've got to introduce this guy right now. So let's have a listen. Introducing our Pigeon Radio Australia, Southeast Melbourne correspondent, the one and only, the Roadrunner, Tony McPherson. And it's a very good day to Mr. Tony McPherson. Meet me. Yeah. Hang on, listen to this. Listen, Hi. listen, listen. There you go. <laughs> oh, the old coyote, yes, and the, the road runner. Yes, the old road runners uh, come back. I'm back. Yeah, you're back, yeah. mate. And we've got our Pigeon Radio Australia vet online, Dr. Rob Marshall, and he's going to talk about problems with breeding because now it's breeding season uh, in pigeons. Uh, we've stopped racing now, and now we're concentrating on breeding our pigeons. So there's always health problems during the breeding season, and we've got Dr. Rob Marshall on to talk about the problems uh, that occur uh, in breeding season with your racing pigeons. Hello, Dr. Rob, and welcome to Pigeon Radio Australia, mate. So what, what are the major problems you, that you've heard? Major problems are wet nest um, and also uh, infertile eggs, or one laying one egg uh, and stuff like that. Okay, so um, let's look at the infertility problem at the uh, first half. So what we've experienced this season is that the, it, the spring has been wet and and we've had cold nights. Have you experienced that down in Victoria? Yes, we have. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So so what happens is, as you know, the spring increasing day length stimulates birds to come into breeding condition. Um, but it is also not the increasing day length, but also the temperature. Right, so it's a combination of temperature and day length which stimulates birds into breeding condition. So what we've had is we've had, and also the other thing, as you know, with pigeons, is they always enjoy sunshine. So if you've had cloudy, heavy weather, they, they're less likely to come in breeding condition. Now, um, 
that said, um, the strongest birds will breed whatever happens, right? Like, for example, if we're looking at squab farms, they breed throughout the year with it non-stop. Um, but what we're looking at this year is we've been looking at uh, unseasonable weather, and that has exposed birds that aren't um, reproductively vital. It's exposed those birds, or that's genetic viewpoint, or it's exposed management flaws in the in the loft. You understand? So, yep, yep. so there's two things. There's two things that we have to look at. Now, um, but you can easily work that out because if that genetically strong pair, your best pair, has bred really well last year, right, and it and it's got problems this year, you have to think, well, what's happened with my management? What is different? And um, and so we have to then think the consequence of rotavirus as well, the consequence of possible PMV vaccination. Um, and also the consequence of the drought last year with food. So they're the three things we have to think about. My viewpoint would be that, you know, if we're getting that problem, and there's another thing we have to think of is chlamydia or psittacosis. So they're the four main things that we consider when we have infertility. Now, let's go to chlamydia. So essentially what we're doing is we're working out, we're, we're working out the problem ourselves by, by, um, uh, by, being uh, logical and going through the process. So, um, for example, if um, if you've had one-eyed colds in the race loft or any heavy respiratory problem in the race loft, then it hasn't been treated during the race season and the stockbirds are close to the race loft, chlamydia might be a problem. So um, so if you're finding chlamydia will show, usually show in a stock loft as a high percentage of infertility. By that I mean higher than, say, 50%. So if you're having above 50% of the uh, stock having infertile eggs or a percentage of infertile eggs, you have to think chlamydia. So um, that's why we, we recommend in lofts that have had fertility problems the next winter, we do a cleansing program. The thing is that with chlamydia, chlamydia being a stress-induced disease, will be brought on by unseasonable weather. So that's the connection there. And as you move through the season towards warmer weather, you will get full fertility. But that doesn't mean that there's not, there isn't underlying chlamydia there. And what will happen, you'll see the, the race birds will be predisposed to respiratory diseases prior to racing. So when they're training, they won't train so well. So that's the alert that you need to treat your stock birds, if that's the experience, during the winter to clean them out. Um, it's not really advisable to clean them out during the breeding season. It's a little bit difficult to do that. You can do that if you've got very heavy infertility, and even if you're losing stock birds, you would have to actually do that. But that would require that you just pop along to a bird bed and get that diagnosed. Now, um, let's move on to um, no chlamydia, um, but you're, you're getting... Um, so if you've got a, a hen, if you've got a hen that's laying one egg, and last year she laid two eggs and had good fertility. And, and with a hen, we call it fecundity. So if she's laying eggs and she's rearing those babies till uh, weaning age or fledging age, that's called fecundity. In the cockbird, we call it fertility. So the fertility is the ability of the male to fertilize the eggs. So there's two 
two words we use here. So, yeah. So if you've got a female who's who's low fecundity, um, we we look at her and she has was well was good last year. We have to think first and foremost that you've got a food problem or you've got a a contamination problem of something they're eating. That's my that's what that's what I think of immediately. Now, um, and also in that scenario, you handle the hen, and she'll be she'll be light, she won't be light, but she her her body won't be right. It'll it'll feel a bit sticky in the feather. But when you feel the muscle, the muscles won't won't blow out. Now, we talk about blowing out in the race birds, but we we also think about that concept in breeding birds because a breeding bird in top condition. The muscles will blow out, and and we're looking at a different sort of blowing out in a stock bird versus a race bird. In a race bird, we're looking at blowing out and, and buoyancy. So we're looking at blowing out and weightlessness. In a stock bird, we're looking at blowing out and not weightlessness, but full weight, but not heavy. So it's a it's a subtle difference. So and and prior to pairing these birds up, my view is to handle each bird and just assess what the weight of the birds are prior to pairing. And you're looking for a, a stock bird that is blowing out good weight, not heavy, and not light. So if, if you find that the muscles are not blowing out, my view is is that you have to think in that scenario that there's something happening in that bird. And, and that if you let that bird breed, you'll find that you may have problems. Now that said, I know that I've been to lofts and I've handled birds and very old birds, right? And this tends to happen in older birds. And they feel really, they, they feel strong, but they've got no muscle, pectoral muscle and muscle mass. And I think, well, God, that doesn't look so good. And yet these birds breed successfully because of their inherent vitality. Now, there's a few reasons why that muscle may, may waste away like that. It may be that these birds are bred in smaller cages so they're not flying uh, much or they're kept in overcrowded stock lots and so they haven't got the opportunity to fly and up up and down so much so if you if you're getting a bird with that weight loss or muscle uh, wasting my view would be and you're getting quite a few of those birds my view would be to reassess your numbers in stock lots and not to overcrowd the stock lots because I have I have seen a lot of overcrowded stock lots and um, it's not beneficial in a number of ways. One, um, there's a happiness factor with stock birds. It's better to to have stock birds that are less crowded than more crowded, and you'll find that they will then eat better, be happier in that space, and therefore translates into better breeding outcomes. So there's quite a few things to consider here, Ivan, before we even start to try and analyse what's going on. Mm. So, uh, so. So what I'll do is I'll go to the next step. Let's look at the um, let's look at the scenarios, each scenario, right? So let's look at a female that lays one egg. My view is, above all, ninety percent of cases that will be either an old bird, except an old bird, um, maybe more than eight or more than six. Now that's still not acceptable because the very best and most vital stock birds and hens will lay you know, at least until 15, that's my experience. And that, that will get us onto another subject, Ivan, about 
um, about what we consider about old stockbirds. Now, there's there's a, there's a, there's a thing of going around where, and it's always been around because I've heard it, is that our best birds are bred from birds up to three years of age. Have yeah. you heard of that? Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. Oh, well, I've yeah. heard the comment that better birds are bred from younger pigeons. Yeah, from younger pigeons. Now, yeah. now that that's a pretty broad statement, right? Now, and and the reason that that I think has come about is that I think people think generally that an older bird loses its vitality, and because of that loss of vitality, because if we look at offspring um, quality, um, we have to have a vital father and a vital mother because that vitality transfers into sperm quality for the male um, and egg, egg yolk quality for the female. But if you've got a family of birds that are vital and breed on until 18, uh, 18 or up to that age and you have that sort of family and those families exist and they're not only Australian families because I know that those families, um, are, there's certain cloister lines which breed up to that age and I'm sure I think you were talking about Yelly's birds were breeding up to that age, weren't you, Ivan? Yeah. Yeah, which are Huben-based, I think. Yeah, Huben-based, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so if you're, if you're looking at these top um, European fanciers, they obviously, as you know, get the highest quality birds um, attached to that quality, the race birds, is uh, endurance, but also vitality and longevity, breeding longevity. So what we're trying to do is we're trying – so my point of view is that um, – and you, you put, if you've got an older bird, you obviously put a young, a, a, a young bird to compensate for that, what you're worried about. But still, but still, you will, there, if you breed older birds, you will still breed quality birds if they're in good shape. The, the key thing is they have to be in good shape. So, um, so that's, uh, diverging away from that single egg, which is, could be an old bird. The other point is that if you've got a single egg in a female, that means that she's not in breeding condition. That means that that's a serious problem, and that would I suggest is going to be not not only a food problem, but more so in a female a grit problem, because when she's laying eggs, her main uh, her main craving is minerals, so she's going to eat a lot of minerals. Now, when she eats a lot of minerals, if they're contaminated, or if that mineral grit is too large or too large and has too many Stones in it, like that means um, brown stones rather than shell grit. You understand? Yeah. Which would be yep. how they put. I don't know what they put. Some, they used to put tiles in there, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think they crush uh, bricks as well. I think some people bricks, do. bricks, right? Yeah, yeah, bricks. Now, my view is that I, I, there's no the, the theory behind that is put this in to stimulate gizzard function to help digest the food. Um, or put a brick in because it's got iron, which is quite sensible, right? But iron being a trace element, you don't need much of that. So if you're designing a grit, you, you need to put more calcium-based shells in it, which are digest, more digestible than these bricks, you see, and the bricks upset the gizzard. So when you get mm. – if, if, if they're over-engorging on this, there's two issues. They over-engorge on it if it's got – too much of this 
this uh, brick or tile in it, it actually damages the gears of lining and you get pain. Now, a bird in pain immediately will go out of breeding condition because so, you get what's called gizzard overload. Does that make sense what I'm talking about? Yeah, it does, yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. So what you have to do is first look at, look at the design of that grit if you're having a problem with one egg. Mm-hmm. The, other thing then, the other thing then is to look at the, um, <clears throat> if it's contaminated. So obviously we've talked about this before. You use dry grit. You never use wet grit because of the, the wetness and the warmth um, encourages contamination growth, which is a bacteria, which again, then will get into the system and cause the bird to go off breeding condition. Now, the most common cause of one egg is actually a fungal infection. So then you look onto the food side of it. For example, um, we had a, a client in who was feeding corn only to his stock birds, and that corn was contaminated. And the birds in the hand just felt they didn't have any body weight or anything like that. And also... You can't just feed corn to stockbirds. You have to balance it. There's no protein in that. So when we're looking again at this whole situation, you have to organise a food a food uh, recipe which supports the breeding process, which is high in protein, high in energy. Mm. And um, so what we're looking at is the key ingredients for a stockbird mix or breeding mix, as you know, my view is peas, um, safflower, wheat, and... Um, and a little bit of corn. You'll find that they, when they're breeding, they don't eat much corn at all. Um, they eat very little wheat, but they eat peas and safflower. Now, that the safflower is the energy, the wheat, the peas and the wheat are the protein. So you have to then look at the, the balance of that diet as well. Yeah. So that's the single egg thing, which is a big deal. If you've got a single egg, a bird hen making a single egg, it's a big deal because you're going <clears> to, <throat> what's going to happen? The outcome is that single egg is telling you that there's a management problem and across the board in the stock loft, you're going to get substandard babies, right? You're going to get, as we talked before, wetness, right? Um, and what you'll get primarily a lot of is birds that die at pipping. So if you've got, and this, this can be that you get infer, one infertile egg, one fertile egg, that fertile egg will actually die coming out of the out of the egg. So when you see that scenario, you have to think contaminated food, really bad contamination food. You also have to think of some another. Um, uh, so there's a few things to consider there. So um, I, there's still a lot of. So what we're looking at this season is that we've had some. A lot of people have experienced single nests and failures and infertile nests in the first round. I put that down to a combination of things, the weather conditions plus something subtle going on with the management, which is probably food-related. Um, so that, but that will, should self-rectify now that we're coming into warmer weather and sunnier weather. So the second round, you should see all those eggs become fertile. Now, that would mm. mean that, that... But if you find that you've still got infertile eggs, well, then you've got a problem that you have, there's a management, purely management problem that you have to look into. Now let's go to, um, there's a bit more to discuss there, but let's go into the wetness because it's actually related to that, that yeah. feeding thing as well. So, um, so when you, because you rang me up, Ivan, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I had one um, box that was um, 
Well, the cockbird and, and the hen were drinking water like it was going out of season and uh, had wet nest. And, um, yeah, and, and I rang you up because I couldn't, I couldn't control it, so I wanted to know how to control it. Yeah, so, but, and the key thing was <clears throat> you said to me, how many wet nests did you have? I how had, many pairs had wet nests? I, I had two pairs. Yeah, out of how many? Out of, uh, I'll tell you now, four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, out of ten pairs. Yeah, okay. So not every pair had a wet nest, right? No. So, and, that, that, and so you have to think, why has this pair got a wet nest and these pairs have got beautiful droppings, don't you? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Right. I thought, why is that? Because I'm treating them all the same. Exactly right. Now, what, what that tells you, right, there's two scenarios, right? There's a scenario where one or two nests have got wet nests. The others are perfect droppings. That's one scenario. The other scenario is everyone's got wet nests, right? Yeah. So there's the two scenarios. So when everyone's got wet nests, you've got a food problem, right? Yeah. You've, okay, so you need to – so that's primarily what's happening. And I don't mean the food's necessarily contaminated, but nutritionally it could be contaminated. But nutritionally – it's lacking in, in mineral salts and calcium, right? Mm-hmm. So because what, it is, what happens is that in your case, the, you had two birds that were affected and they responded very quickly to supplementation with getting rid of the grit that we thought was a problem, right? Yep. I think you had a, you had a grit problem, didn't you? I've forgotten what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, there was a, like I was feeding yeah. the Belgian grit and you told me to stop the Belgian grit and give them some... Uh, powder minerals. Yeah, so so let's talk about that, why we transfer from grit to powder minerals. Yeah. not saying the Belgian grit's not right, no. but the Belgian grit can't be wet, number one, right? So yep. you have to make that to be dry. So if the Belgian grit is dry and they're getting, getting this problem, that means that particular hen and cock are seeking electrolyte um, and calcium at that peak time, that pin feather stage, 10 to 12 days of age. That's when mm. you get a wet nest, right? Mm. And that you get a wet nest there because they're transitioning from pigeon milk to more solid foods, right? So when they yeah. and the volumes of food that they're feeding is a much greater volume of food, which means they have to drink more to have that in their crop to moisten it before they feed to the babies. You see, mm. Mm. so and in that process of feeding the babies. They're actually pushing water in there, and at the same time, they're look at losing electrolyte into the baby. Yeah. So they become electrolyte imbalanced. So you mm. have to balance that. So the grit won't balance the mineral salts because the grit is a source of the calcium only and the, the other iron things, but not mineral salts. That's why you have to go to the, mineral, the powder, which has got mineral salts and a lot of different things in it. And also, the calcium is. Is, is concentrated. This is all concentrated. So the birds eat less. <clears throat> With the other one, the birds will eat more of that grit because it's got, not got enough calcium for them. They have, they've got a craving. They eat more and more. Blocks the gizzard up, and then they get a gizzard problem, which then further accentuates the electrolyte problem. Mm. You understand? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, there's only one more thing I have to talk about. So what I asked you is, do the dropping smell or not? Remember? Did you remember yep, that? Yeah, I remembered. Yep. 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 Yeah. And you said no. No, right? they weren't. They don't. They weren't smelling. That means that this is purely um, mineral electrolyte imbalance, 
rather than an infected gut. You understand? Yep. So when you have a smell, that means the treatment plan is not – you have to – we know there's going to be what's called an anaerobic bacteria there because the gizzard's upset, and that's where we use that metrodinosaur, which is like flagell or canker tablets, right? You have yep. to treat them for that because that, that, that would that's inherent to that particular problem. Well, what you told me, I, I had um, positive results in 24 hours. Yeah, so very quickly – just like if you're in a marathon race, right? You you've come you've run the marathon. Your electrolyte, you're dehydrated. The electrolytes are all wanky. You you come across. You've seen that marathon where that guy wobbles yeah. over the line, yeah. right? And then and then he has this drink, and then five minutes he's normal again, yeah. right? Same yeah. with pigeons. Very quickly, within one day, those droppings will come good. If those droppings don't come good with that mineral supplement and treatment plan. Well, then you've got, you've got a more serious problem. And if the dropping smell, you've got a bacteria problem that you would have to treat as well. Um, I just want to ask you a question there. I was talking to a fly today, namely of Joe DeNaro, and he was telling me that also wet nest in his experiences can come from if you've got too many flies around the nest. Is, is that, yeah, is that correct? Think, yeah, no, but yeah, it's very, it's very clever, right? So, yeah. um, because they could be that they're biting flies. Or yeah, biting. That's what up. he said to me. They bite yeah. around the vent yeah. area, and yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and it disturbs the birds or babies. Yeah. So what they are? They're blood suckers. So they're actually sucking blood, right? Which again further accentuates the electrolyte balance. And so, with that particular scenario, it's the ivermectin or S76, which gives a very quick response. Because that, there's a parasite that they might be passing into the bloodstream, and that that um, ivermectin will kill that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you incorporate, you know, the S76 or ivermectin, and then um, into the drinking water, mm-hmm. plus the electrolyte balance, and then and then treat the area for um, flies. So what I do is, with a wet nest, as you know, it attracts the flies. So you actually have to clean that nest out each day and you just put, um, you know, some sort of, you know, spray for the flies or I don't use the spray. I just I just clean it out each day mm. and put the S76 in the water and that will go, you see. Okay. So, yeah. Um, That'd be better also, than using a, a toxic spray, wouldn't it, on, on birds? Yeah, yeah, totally right. Yeah, yeah. very true. So, yeah. um, But it's very clever because he's, he's noticed that and so you can explain that as well. Um, but the fact is that the wetness has actually attracted the flies in the first place. So the first problem is actually the the uh, electrolyte or the mineral imbalance. So if you get it early, you won't get the flies coming in. All right, yeah, that's that's yeah, very yeah. So if you yeah. catch the wetness early, the flies won't come. They usually come because of that, especially if they're smelly. The nest. Well, even before that, Ivan, they okay. get yeah, they get it. Yep. Now with with some wait. Now there's one final. Thing that with wetness, which is a new wetness <clears throat> that I've been experiencing this year, um, it's related to rotavirus. Now, have you heard of? Have you have you has anyone talked about this to you? No, I haven't heard a wetness related to rotavirus. No. Yeah. So what we have is we have um, we have the rotavirus. We have birds that recover fully from the rotavirus and and have no and they don't have any any consequence of that virus on their gut. As we've talked before, the rotavirus 
infects the gut and can damage the gut permanently in certain birds. Yeah. Now, um, for example, what you'll find is the bird will look pretty good, but then it'll come from a race and it may be late, late constantly from the race and it may even get home on the second day and you'll find you, you handle it and waste it away um, and it and wastes away, but then it recovers again. Do you understand? And it's, and yes. it's usually off good good bloodlines to do that, to get home in that state. Now, if you pair that, and that bird will probably recover in its body, and if you put that, if you pair that bird up, um, that particular bird uh, that you feel is, is a carrier of rotavirus, you'll get a you'll get a wetness in its babies, right? So, mm. and what you, what you'll find is a different sort of wetness. You get this sort of black, uh, dark brown, black, oh, yeah. watery dropping. So you yeah. have really watery, and then the black thing, black dropping in it. Not every dropping, but periodically right. in babies. Yeah. So that's the other cause of it. So, um, and that, and the way what you that now the babies will will come up all right, and and it may be that I, d- I don't really know you know with a bird like that I would I wouldn't breed from the cock bird again you see so mm. that I would I wouldn't do that but that's one thing that you have to consider again now with the with the wet net so that's a a new thing that I've seen. Gee, yeah. Mm. Um, but Charlie, it's a very, it's, yeah. yeah, I was just yeah. going to see if the other guys had something to ask you. No, pretty much right, Ivan. Uh, You're right. Great, Rob. Yep. Tony, what okay, about guys. you, mate? You yeah. got any questions? Yeah. Good, good day, Rob. How are you going? Hi, Tony. What, what I, what I found with the uh, when we're talking about wet nests is that uh, especially with what Joe has said with the flies. Um, the flies bite the birds, the birds get a fever, they drink more water, they feed it to the babies and then the baby starts squirting, which makes more wetness for the flies to breed in and, and it's like you say, you've got, to, uh, you've got to break that cycle and the best way to break it is to clean the uh, nesting materials regularly, uh, daily. Yeah, uh, the, floor, yeah. the floors of your loft uh, regularly, and also I use uh, pyrethrum. Yeah. Just to spray the around the nest bowl, under the nest bowl, and yeah. um, that sort of breaks the cycle. But um, the right. the other thing that that I use is the uh, PVM uh, powder, the pink powder, yeah, yeah, powder. Uh, and that um, you know gets the the crop back into order and, and the birds. Uh, but you've got to be quick on it uh, to break that cycle. If you leave it go too long, uh, the birds, you'll see it in the eyes of the stock birds, the, the, the colour in the eye will go. And, and of course, the babies will deteriorate and, and uh, you've wasted a, a whole round um, if, if you don't get onto it quickly. Uh, but that comes back to observation. Um, but that, uh, and also the the other thing, and it's something that I've discussed with you many years ago. Was um, usually at day ten, like you said, the the stockies are changing from milk to a hard hard food. Um, that's when they can be become a little bit more stressed and and shed shed more trichomonosis. Yeah, very true, and that yeah, that's very true what you're saying, and I didn't mention that. That's when you're going to get canker, and um, that's what you have to sort of um, 
a lot of these problems will be controlled with canker treatment during the breeding season. Yeah. Yep. Yep. A little bit of uh, yeah, the the tablets or the uh, yeah, a bit of uh, powder in the, in the water. In the water, exactly oh. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, I think yeah. yeah, go on. Yeah. yeah, so if you give two days, if you have uh, wetness across the loft, two days a week, turbosol is going to control it for sure. Yeah. The key yeah. thing that people don't recognise is the birds have to compete, right? Yeah. The male birds, because that competition fires their testosterone levels up. So my view is, and that's what, what I've found is that if you pair, if you pair cocks, if you, you have a cock in a single pat, uh, pen, like you're talking about, yeah. without without that prior competition, or even the best way to get full fertility is to have maybe two or three cocks pairs to a section. Yeah. In, if, in this yeah. situation, in this yeah. situation, because you're having but they're they're pairs, three pairs in there that have bred in there in the same boxes as last year. You understand? Yeah. And because so there's not a lot of competition for for the nest boxes, but there's competition still for when they go on the ground to eat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In actual fact you've got a couple of dominant dominant cocks that won't let any of the others eat at all. So yeah, yeah. 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 So then, then what you yeah, so it's a balancing trick. So with that, so that I think your method of having them together as a group and 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 competing and getting those testosterone levels up are good, and then quickly move into that single pen while he's and then um, what I would be doing I would be then putting the cock I don't know what your process is I would be putting the cock in that section on his own yes yeah and then I'd listen for him to coo right yep. so um, to call and then when that very moment you hear him to call put a hen in now that might be that same day do you know what I mean? Yep. Yes, and then, yes. and and but you have to put a hen who who is equally keen to breed, right? Yes. And then and then you put them in. So that's that's that part of it, the management part of it. The next thing is before you put them there, I I we have to boost that cock up energy wise, right? Then that's where I use the quick gel. So you put the, yes. the you put the quick gel in for three days prior to when you want to put him over into that. In that into that new pen with the hen, right? Yeah. But you put him in, wait until he's cooing, then put the hen, and then the other key thing is you have to let that cock make a nest. That's a lot of the big deal. Yeah. That's a really big deal. A lot of people now just use the felt without letting the cock make the nest. The nest making process stimulates the, the testosterone further. So yeah. then, and testosterone is the basis of sperm quality and fertility ability. So he has to make that nest. And you'll find that the most fertile birds are the birds that make the best nest. So and um and then you have to think about what sort of nesting material you use. Now we don't want to use it has to be perfectly clean. I found that the pine needles now I'm not talking about the sort small pine needles. Yeah, I'm talking about the long the long ones. You know, yeah. they're about six inches long, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yep. And I, and I don't even know what pine tree that is. Maybe you can look it up because um, a lot of people get the wrong pine needles. For example, um, a chap brought me a present of pine needles and they were short and they were really itchy, you know, sh- sharp. And, and the pigeons aren't going to make a nest out of that. It can't because it can't weave the nest. Yeah. So it's very important you get the right 
needle. Now, again, you probably know, you because you know that pine needle variety, that's obviously what you use. Yeah, um, so you use the long ones, yes. Yeah, so, but, but you, the, with, the, with the straw, they can't make a decent nest with straw, right? You put yeah. the... You put the straw down. They'll they'll use it as a softener, but they they won't actually make a decent nest. So and and it's actually the the process of weaving that, taking picking that piece up, taking to it to the hen. Then, if you look at them carefully, that cock will be nuzzling the hen, right? Talking to the hen. The hen will be thanking him. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And they make this cooing. That that interaction stimulates his hormones. And then he will race back. It's a very energetic thing when, when this happens because the testosterone energizes the bird to make the nest as quickly as possible. So he's run. You've seen it. They run around. You put this in. They run around and backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Now, that's, that's, that's what is stimulating that testosterone to get the, to get the eggs fertile. So, um, and so then, and that's the process. Now, if they, if they, if in that state, she still lays infertile eggs, as you know. You put you put an egg in there for them. Run an egg into that area into yeah. at the same age, but you run you just put a single egg. So then yeah. they rear that baby, and again you'll find you'll find that cock will fill. And the most the best times for that to happen is in late January, early February. Yep. Right. So that's when you'll get these old cocks to fill, and then they'll fill late January. February and into March, right? So you'll get two rounds out of it. That's what I'm aiming at. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See how you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll be in contact. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you're right. With the pine needles, what I usually do is I I usually get a bag of pine needles, put them in the middle of the loft, and the, and the, the cocks would just go backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And, and if you could, if you could have an open loft, they're just flying around picking up uh, all kinds of things and bringing it back, and they end up with a nest about two foot high. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And what and during that process, the other thing is that's when they eat a lot of food. So you Not have food. to. Yeah. And that's when you that's when you fortify that food with fat flour, and yeah. that. That is the final thing to support that active behaviour, and then you get good fertility. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that about answers my question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's very good. I've just got one more question. Um, I've noticed that um, when the babies start growing, um, water consumption uh, becomes more. They they start to drink more water. Um, is that normal that they drink more water? Stop the breed the the parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what? Yeah. So the theory, the the the, um, the answer to that is, as they're feeding more volume of food, as I said, you have to soak that food in the crop, right? So that means they drink more water, and and if you notice, you'll see the crop of the adult birds will will swell. It it um, descends, right? Because they're taking in more food at the one time to feed the babies. Mm. Have you seen that? So yep. you, when they're feeding at full throttle, they're feeding a lot of volume of food. They have to, um, which is normal. They eat food and they eat the food, then they have to drink. But they actually eat, drink a little bit more. So 
so they're actually soaking that grain up to give to the baby because the baby can't drink. It has to have water in its own crop to be soaked to allow that first part of the digestive problem. So the answer to your question, yes, is they do drink more, and that means that's the other part of the answer, Ivan. You have to constantly top that water up. So yeah. if you don't, well, then you're going to get dehydrated babies, and and that water goes down quickly, especially on a hot day. Plus, when they're feeding a lot. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, as we all do, we 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 fill that water up twi- at least twice a day, sometimes three times a day. Yep. Yep. Correct. Exactly. But I was just getting a bit worried because I was filling the water up so much. No, that's normal. That's good. Yeah. yeah. But, and you know what? What we're saying is that um, the, the first will go up if it got wet nest. So you have to then what? But what you will see is that with a healthy flock, they'll drink a lot of water, and the droppings of the babies will get smaller and drier. So, so that's the sign that I look for in terms of the parents that the parents, that it's like a bird in top form, right? We're looking at the breeding part of it now. I look at the baby's droppings, the small size of the baby's dropping as a sign of the vitality and health of the parents, right? It's translating into the, into the babies as health and vitality as well because they're digesting all of that food perfectly and they're just wasting a small amount of what they're being fed. So... If you, um, if the babies, if the cock, if the parents aren't feeding properly, the droppings get bigger, right? In the baby. So it's the same as with a racing pigeon in top form. It's the, the parent and the baby in top health and, um, that, that you can read with the droppings. So when I see that in a baby, and then at, when that baby, there's a really critical age here, Ivan, as you know, it's a really ugly age. It's from, um, about 14 days to about 21 days. It's the most ugly yeah. age of the bird, right? Yeah. They, 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 they look crummy. They really, they do look crummy. Yeah, they right? do. You they, get worried about yeah. them. You think there's something yeah. wrong with them, yeah. Yeah, and then they come up to 23 days, 24 days, and they fr- they friggin' blossom. They look fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, and, um, and, and then, and, but in that crummy stage, that's when you're looking at, that dropping as a sign to the health where you can forget, you can forget that this bird is not well by looking at dropping, right? Um, because certain families in that age, the, the babies will look crummy. It doesn't mean that then it's just that particular family. You know, some of these big European birds will look really good right throughout. But um, it, all you have to do is you just have to look at the tightness of that dropping through that stage. Mm. And then when, um, and finally, as you know, I think, Tony, you, you understand what I'm talking about this. What I do is I handle these birds at um, 27, 28 days. I handle the bird and I feel the confirmation, right? And that's when you're going to get the true confirmation of the bird at 28 days because when you get to about 35 or 36 days, they go haywire because it's that adolescent stage, right? Mm. And you, you lose and you shouldn't handle the bird later on and judge it based on its confirmation of the age, you judge it on the confirmation at 26 to 28 days, and that's when you'll feel exactly what's going on. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, it's just a a beautiful age at 26 to 28 days. Mm. That's when you Mm. see what they're really looking like. Mm. Is Mm. that that right? Yep. 
Yep, okay. Rob. All right. Well, thanks very much for all your information, and I hope that helps a lot of the fancies that have been ringing me with problems. Um, and <laughs> no uh, if they've thanks, got any problems, I suggest they give you a call if they've got further problems. They could call you first because you're as good as I am. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> See you, mate. Thanks, mate. See you, See you mate. later. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you, Rob. You're listening to your local community radio station, 88.3 Southern FM. And right now, we're going to break with a musical interlude here on 88.3 Southern FM Pigeon Radio Australia. And we're going to listen to a song that uh, the music director here at Southern FM sent me, Peter Tolich, and it's Zuzi and Anth, and their version of Black Velvet, which I reckon is a pretty good version. So we'll have a listen to that song, and we'll break for the Southern FM National Radio News.
For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Toulon Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340 551. Southern FM sponsor. Do you want to keep your birds flying high? Rod's Stock Feed and Bird Supplies has everything you need. A wide variety of pigeon mixes, avian mixes, grits, mineral blocks and health supplements. Plus a large range of loft and racing equipment. Phone Rod Churchill on 0409 416 794 or contact Petstock Terelgan. Rod Stock Feed and Bird Supplies is a proud supporter of Pigeon Radio Australia. Southern FM sponsor. Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons' inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor G'day, hello and g'day. My name's Josh Gatt and I'm inviting you to come and hang out with me at my show, Bluestone Sounds. It's Wednesdays, 12 to 2 p.m., and I showcase the very best in new Australian independent music, from punk to folk to indie. Anything goes, as long as you can see it in a filthy band room. Bluestone Sounds. It's Wednesdays, 12 to 2 p.m. Catch you there. I had a dream that someday I would just fly, fly away And I always knew I couldn't stay you're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. Stop 
And you're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And you're listening to the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the entire world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. Our website address at Southern FM is www.southernfm.com.au. And the Pigeon Media, Pigeon Radio Australia website direct address is www.pigeonmedia.com.au. And don't forget to join our ever-growing group on Facebook, which has now over 80,000 members. I think we're nearly hitting the 90,000. We're going to have 100,000 members by Christmas. And the group on Facebook is called The Racing Pigeon Global. So go and check it out. You've got champion pigeon flyers from all over the world on that group that you can get advice from and ask them questions so go and check it out on facebook the racing pigeon global right right now we have a special guest live from austria and that is the business unit manager for benzing and head of sales and marketing mr thomas zimmerman good morning to you thomas and how are you yes we're very very good here um thomas and um um, how's benzene going? Um, yeah, here in Austria we have currently one meter of snow and it's minus one degree. And I mm-hmm. just, just checked the weather forecast uh, in Melbourne and I would like to change if possible. Uh, you'd like to come to Melbourne and uh, swap, we'll swap. I'll, go, yeah. I'll come to Austria and you come to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be cool. Now, listen, uh, Thomas. I've I've seen a lot of exciting stuff Benzing are doing on Facebook, and um, you're even awarding people prizes and that on Facebook. And you've opened up your Facebook page there, which you're uh, running. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what uh, Benzing's doing with the One Loft races all around the world? I think Benzing is the main timer for uh, One Loft races everywhere around the globe. Yeah, that's true. Um, currently. We are trying, of course, everybody knows our our pigeon clocks, uh, starting from the mechanical clocks 150 years ago, and uh, probably most of, of the Australians use the M1 and the G2 clocks, and some of them already the new M3 clocks. And our goal and our aim at the moment is to make pigeon sport a little bit more smarter. Yeah? Um, we, we are trying to to concentrate on, on one-loft races as we believe in the future of the pigeon sport. As we can see, uh, especially United States, China, Middle East area, they are increasing every year. And most of the European fans here, they are, they are moving to one-loft races. And... That's why we, we started a few years ago to concentrate on, on one of traces, on our application, and uh, to make everything more smart and more transparent and more online for mobile phones, tablets, and whatever. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. And um, uh, Benzing's got a long history. He used to make pigeon clocks uh, from the very beginning, and... Um, what, what was the transition like from going from the um, uh, manual pigeon clocks to the electronic? Well, that was before my time because I started 12 years ago uh, working for Benzing. But um, as far as I know, uh, in 1994, uh, the former Benzing company in Germany, they 
they hired or they were searching for an electronic RFID company who would be able to, to produce um, an electronic clocking system for them. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, maybe, maybe you heard about this uh, blue dancing CC duo clocks. I'm not sure if, if you had them in Australia. And then it moved to artist top clocks. And those were clocks uh, we produced uh, in the name for dancing. So our company is called Gantner Kitchen Systems, and we are located in Austria. And Benzing is uh, was located in in Germany, close to Stuttgart in the Black Forest area. And yeah, in 1996, uh, they offered us to buy this company because they are coming from the mechanical uh, division, and we were experts in RFID electronics. So then, from there, we bought the Benson company and start to improve the pigeon sport. In the beginning, it was not so easy for us as we had not much ideas about pigeon sport at all, but we improved every year. And currently, I'm happy to say that we are world market leader in pigeon clocks again with the electronic clocking systems and as well um, for the software solutions like the One Love Trace, we are as well market leaders. Yeah. So um, when 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 a one loft race uses the benzing timing system, it's different to the uh, timing system that an individual pigeon flyer would you use. Yeah. Uh, in general, it's the same. You're using the same landing path. In general, you are using the same electronic timers uh, like M1 clock. But uh, the difference is the software which is in behind because the, the clock is directly connected to, to a special software, a one of trace management software, where you administrate um, your, your fanciers, the pigeons, the electronic ring, and where you also can manage trainings and rate uh, schedules, everything. But in general, it's the, it's the same. Ah, yep, yep, yep. That's good. Um, now, you, first of all, we had the G, the G one, uh, I think, clock, and then we had the M one, and now we're going to the M three. Is there any new models coming out in the future, or are you going to stay basically with the M three for a few years and then release something new? Well, should I spoil a spoiler now? Yeah, well, um, yeah, you can give have, us you can have. give us an exclusive <laughs> you can give us an exclusive Thomas exclusive to Pigeon yeah. Radio. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you as you know, in the last Pigeon Olymp- Olympiad in Poland, we received the the gold medal award for the Benzing and Sweet Clock because this clock was the first time a clock which connects online and uh, the smart devices together. And for this, we received uh, a gold medal award in the Pigeon Olympic uh, in Poland. And we know that the M3, of course, is a, is a high-level clock. Uh, the pricing as well, it's here in Europe, we sell it for roughly 800 to 900 euros. And we know that this clock, of course, we cannot we cannot create a, a mass of sales. And there are fanciers with a smaller budget, like uh, the new countries in North Africa, India, Pakistan, wherever. And 
so we are planning to make uh, a new clock uh, which will be uh, similar like a G, G3, a G2 and an M3 and in the middle will be something like a G3 clock. And this we are planning to, to release uh, very soon, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Now, I'm going to ask you a little bit of a controversial question, and that is yeah. that a lot of uh, pigeon flyers in Australia mainly are concerned about the uh, the electronic chip rings which they have to attach to their pigeons to scan when they get home, that uh, they're yeah. increasing in price every every year and they're getting more expensive. Um do you know why this is happening, or is is the uh, price of these chip rings going to stabilise, or will it continue to rise? Well, I have to tell you that we did not increase the price of chip rings uh, over the last five years. So our price, uh, which we give to our agents, are the same. The, the things which are changing, and we know that, for example, from South Africa, that... Um, the currency, of course, which is a, a problem, euro to, let's say, Australian dollars, and the, the ratings for, for the transport. And especially last year, uh, during this uh, COVID uh, pandemic, uh, all the transportation we did to Australia, to our agents, was double or three times more expensive than uh, the previous shipment because less flights and uh, very difficult to get in, uh, in, in, in a plane with, with our stuff because everything was fully booked. And that's why probably the price has increased a little bit. But in general, the prices should be stable. Okay, I've just had a, a question relayed to me on Facebook, and uh, it's from Mr. Peter Maddick, and he asks... Um, uh, to ask you the problem with the batteries, um, when the batteries uh, cease and you have to, we have to send our clocks back to Europe for the batteries to be yeah. replaced. Will this uh, be rectified? That maybe some accredited electronic technician in Australia could change the batteries instead of the flyers having to send their batteries all the way to Austria. That's possible. Yes, uh, and we will we will improve uh, that service in Australia. Definitely, and we will have talks uh, with with Kevin Clark uh, very soon about that. It makes no sense, especially now when we have all these transportation and high costs of transportation. And then um, I will just give you an example. Worldwide, we have five certified dancing service technicians because uh, it's about security, you know. Uh, all the, the electronic clocks we have, they have a holographic label on it, and they have some uh, security that nobody can manipulate the RTC chip inside. This is why not everybody can open it and just replace the battery. Um, also, you need a special software to set a new service date, and this verifies that it can only be done by a certified engineer. But we are planning to, to have one in Australia as well, yeah. Yeah, that's good news. Uh, Charlie Gretsch is on the line. Charlie, you got any uh, questions there for Thomas? Yeah, hi, Thomas. How are you? Yeah, I'm very fine, thanks. Um, I've got a couple of questions. The first question is, okay, when you say a chip ring or an icon, 
There is a difference, correct? Uh, a chipping and what? And and like the the actual um, chip that goes into the ring itself, like your actual your life, chip, you mean? Yeah. Your, life, your life ring itself. Yeah. So you got two. You got one that you clip onto the pigeon, and one that you insert into the ring. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Now, what I want to know is, can those inserts be painted without affecting the chip? I don't think so that it will. Uh, no, I don't think so. It will affect the chip. Because the chip is actually inside the ring, is that correct? Not the one that is on top. Exactly, exactly, it's inside yeah. the ring, yeah. The only reason I ask is because um, instead of on pigeons, it's um, just as big as you do. Get down and go and get in the along behind her chip shed. I think we've lost the line, mate. You there, Thomas? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's still there. Yeah, go, yeah, ahead. No. go ahead, Charlie. Sorry, mate. Okay. Um, the second one is, um, it talks about, because uh, our club have got a race, which I've got a race from my own loft for our club. Um, I have 16 flyers that will be competing. Like a mini one loft race. Now, at the M1 clock, you can have four flyers put into that clock. Is that correct? Yeah, correctly, yeah. And how many races can it hold? 80. 80 races per fancier, per user. 80. Yes. 80 per user, so per flyer. So my question is, which you nearly answered it before regarding one-loft races, um, mm -hmm. I can get a software so I can actually enter each flyer as their own name because at the moment I have to add them as a number, like a race number. So if I've got 16 right. flyers, I have to enter them as, you know, race one, race two, race three, so I want to print out the sheets. So you're telling yeah. me there yeah. is a software, I can do it in a different way. Exactly. That's a special software. It's called One Lock Tree Management Software from Dancing, and all the... 220 one left races around the world, which you can find on one left race.live. They are using this software. This software um, connects a Benting M1, but you also need a Benting M1 docking station to use it. Yeah, yep, yep, we have. Yeah, you have that. Perfect. So the M1 uh, will need an update. There is a special configuration which can be done uh, from from Kevin um, that you can um, switch your fancier M1 clock to a one lock three M1 clock, and then together with this uh, one three software you can manage fanciers and the pigeons, couple the chip rings to to the pigeons and manage it there as well. And then you can uh, schedule trainings and uh, races. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't know. I didn't know that could happen. Um, I uh, Unfortunately, we didn't race this year. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I would have had to do is put them in as a race number and then obviously print them out when we produce as races to get their printouts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's answered my question. All right, Charlie. Now, um, uh, Thomas... Um, Tell us uh, how, how how long uh, before the new releases will be coming out? Do you think? 
when do you think the new releases will hit Australia, all the new sort of um, clocks and that? When do you think will Australia will be uh, getting all the new release clocks? Um, look, uh, because, because of the COVID pandemic we have here in Europe, it was not possible uh, to attend to any exhibition uh, in the world in 2020. And uh, it looks like in 2021 there will be no exhibition as well. And this gives us a little bit more time in development at the moment because I'm not able to travel at the moment and my technicians, uh, they are working now to make pigeon sports smarter. Um, we, we try to improve our pencil life smart hub. Uh, we are working on uh, the MyPigeon.Live software. This is a kind of um, fancier pigeon management for clubs and federation where you can make real-time results. But this is the first time where Benting moves into another direction uh, that uh, we are implementing as well other ETS systems to that software. Means if there is a club in Australia which is using, for example, Brighton, Unicorn or Benton Club together, this software is able to to uh, make the results of, of, out of all of them. And this is where we concentrate at the moment. And especially because we, we did hardware and software releases, uh, in 2020, we are working now a little bit on one last race uh, improvement, and then we will go to the new clocking devices. And hopefully, uh, I would say summer, autumn 2021. Ah, oh, fantastic. That's, that's good news, mate. Yeah. Good news. All right, Thomas, um, do you want to give um, the listeners uh, your uh, contact details on Facebook and maybe your website address if people would like to contact you via Facebook? Yes, of course. Yes, we can do that. And uh, I just, on my private Facebook, I'm, I, I cannot accept any more uh, friends because I reached the 5,000. Uh, but if somebody likes to follow the, the one of traces, we have a special dancing one of trace, uh, Facebook page and our general dancing, uh, page where we have all the general information also available and you can follow up there. Yeah. All right, Thomas, thank you very uh, much. I'll just give him one more. Sorry. Yeah, I'll no, that's all right. Go, go for it. Yeah, uh, Thomas, last question. Just for all yeah. our big listeners out there. Um, first of all, um, Kevin Clark does a fantastic job with um, with uh, yes, Ben down here. You ring him up any time and he always rings you back. With the rings that are getting um, sent to Australia because of this COVID, has it, um, because I mean, we start racing in, um, in, in a few months and stuff, so people start to order their chip rings, so we need obviously no hold-ups. But uh, how long has it uh, or does it, or is it going to take have you sent any rings down to Australia at all or any other country and there's been hold-ups? So just to let everybody know that if they're going to order rings, is to order them virtually straight away? Yeah, there was, there was an order in January, as far as I know, from, from Kevin uh, with, with chip rings, yeah. yeah. And there are pending orders as well. So we are taking time and uh, we already 
have tried uh, a new way to to ship the part to to Australia. Um, hopefully, we can get it now a little bit cheaper than uh, in previous year. Mm. Yeah. No, good. No worries. Thanks very much for that, Thomas. All right, Thomas, thanks very much for being a part of Pigeon Radio Australia. We thank you for your time and uh, thank you for for answering me when I messaged you to come on the radio and uh, it was a pleasure. And if you ever want to announce any new releases, just contact me and you're welcome to come back any time. Okay, very fine, very fine. I will do that. Thanks very much, Thomas. Thank you, Ivan. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Thomas Zimmerman from Austria from the Benzing Company, Benzing uh, Electronic Racing Pigeon Clock Company in Austria. I hope that answered all your questions. And we're going to break for a musical interlude right now on Pigeon Radio Australia. And I thought we'd play a little bit of uh, Christmassy stuff because Christmas is just around the corner. It's coming uh, up in a, in a couple of weeks' time. So um, I thought we'd have a taste of Christmas here on Pigeon Radio Australia. So Merry Christmas to you is all, and here's a song recorded by Michael Bublé and Shania Twain, and it's called I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. On Michael Bublé's latest Christmas album 2021, here's Shania Twain with Michael Bublé singing I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas on Pigeon Radio Australia. We'll be back after this. Dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Well, treetops glisten And the children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow The snow Said I'm dreaming of a white Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your days, may your days, may your days Be merry and bright And may all your Christmases be white
Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeon's inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor do you want to keep your birds flying high? Rod Stock Feed and Bird Supplies has everything you need. A wide variety of pigeon mixes, avian mixes, grits, mineral blocks and health supplements. Plus a large range of loft and racing equipment. Phone Rod Churchill on 0409 416 794 or contact Petstock Terelgan. Rod Stock Feed and Bird Supplies is a proud supporter of Pigeon Radio Australia. Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Mead. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Mead Stock Feed and Farming Supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484-340-551. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Hey, what you doing, Dad? Hmm? Oh, I'm painting the deck. Why? Because the varnish protects the wood from the sun. Why? Because sunlight in Australia is really strong. Why? Well, because it's full of dangerous UV rays. Oh. Dad, shouldn't you also protect yourself then? When you cover things, they last longer. Same goes for you. Be sun smart. Save your skin. Hi, Matt Welsh here. In Australia, drowning is one of the biggest killers of kids under five. 
So take a few minutes to check your pool barrier set for this summer. Visit kidsafe.com.au to find out how. Because safe barriers save lives. This is Didi Z, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2pm. Travel the world, musically speaking. From the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto. From the Colosseum to the Pyramids. From the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday, 2pm, for International Caravan with your captain, DDZ. Želite li okusiti Hrvatsku? Ugodite Hrvatskom glasu. S Maricom Čok. Hrvatska glazba. Vijesti i čet. Svakog ponedjeljka od 22 do 3 sata. Upravo ovdje. Na 88.3 Južna Jepren. Mondays from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Tune in to Croatian Voice with Marica Chok. A taste of Croatia with Croatian music, news and chat. Right here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. G'day, hello and g'day. My name's Josh Gat and I'm inviting you to come and hang out with me at my show, Bluestone Sounds. It's Wednesdays, 12 to 2 p.m., and I showcase the very best and new Australian independent music from punk to folk to indie. Anything goes, as long as you can see it in a filthy band room. Bluestone Sounds. It's Wednesdays, 12 to 2 p.m. Catch you there. You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia. Broadcast from Melbourne, Australia, on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. Stop the pigeon, 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 how? You're tuned to a great little community radio station here in Melbourne, Australia, and that's 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And uh, our website address at Southern FM is www.southernfm.com.au. And if you want to go directly to Pigeon Radio Australia, you can go via this website, www.pigeonmedia.com.au. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, all social media on the internet, and we're also podcast via the Podbean Network. And uh, we've got over 7,000 downloads now since November 2020. So that's not a bad figure to have on Podbean. And we also broadcast live on Podbean via the Podbean live streaming service. So all the people listening to us all around the world via Podbean live stream, a g'day from Australia to you fellas over there all around the world. And we've got Tony McPherson on the line, and he's got a bit of news from the Croydon Club. Tony, go ahead, mate. Oh, g'day, Ivan. How, how are you going? Yeah, not Look, bad, we, mate. Uh, uh, both Bronnie and I have just got back down, back home from Mildura. Oh, yeah. Um, we had a great, uh, great time up there. Oh, good. Um, the birds were stored with uh, at uh, Vince Raco's property out there in a rimple, and uh, we uh, arrived up there on uh, Friday around about five o'clock, 
Uh, the the water was put on the birds. We've given them a good feed, um, and uh, they were very well settled. Mind you, we stopped at Witchy Proof on the way up, and uh, we were there for about three quarters of an hour, and the birds had a, a good drink there and also had a bath. <laughs> they jumped into the drink and had a bath and everything else, so they were pretty well settled. Got up to Mildura, give them a good feed. Up again um, uh, about 9 o'clock Saturday morning, went down to uh, Vince's and uh, give them a, uh, changed the water, give them a good drink there. And uh, Vince kept the water on them all day. And then um, about 5 o'clock I uh, come back and uh, give them a good feed again in readiness for the release on Sunday morning. And uh, I must say uh, the birds were in really good nick and uh, Sunday morning um, I got there about uh, quarter past six put uh, just give him a, a run the, the the water through again took took it out and we released the fence released the birds for us at seven o'clock mind you I stuffed up the filming of it um, buggered that up but anyway um the birds. I must <laughs> say, the you're not a photographer. You're a pigeon oh, flyer. mate. No, well, you know, um, we had it all set up, and Vince said, "Which which handle do I turn? How do I turn it?" And and while I did, I turned it off, turned the video off, and then he released it. I mean, I'm videoing it, but it's not on, is it? Oh, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, bugger me. But anyway, that's uh, oh, you know that sort of flustered me a little bit, but. The birds come out, did, didn't even circle. They just did a swoop around up and over Vince's loft and headed south and just kept going south. Did not hesitate one bit. And the, the But, Tony, that's more... what all the releases are like. All these releases we've had where people have uh, lost a few yeah. or they've had late ones coming, yeah. um, all those releases were, like, perfect. Picture book yeah, releases, look, like textbook releases, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Look, I must say, um, you know, we, we did a video with Vince uh, talking about the release and uh, I put that up on uh, on the um, website on Facebook and he, he said, mate, these birds, they'll be home. They'll be home. And uh, sure enough, they were. You know, we, uh, we drove, we stopped off at my sister's in Robinville for about an hour and then stopped off again at um, Swan Hill. Mind you, we had um, Vince's birds on board to take back to Melbourne, <coughs> which I released yesterday. And his birds were home at uh, 3.40 yesterday. He had <coughs> his first 10 birds rocked in, and he sent a little video on that, and then they were coming in right up. It kept on coming in after that, so... Um, and that was into a northerly. So he's got his, he got his birds home, and I must say, uh, I think the very first bird that was clocked in the Croydon Classic, which was a yearling, was at Charlie Grex, our mate, the Pink Panther. Yeah. He, he had the first bird clocked. At, oh uh, yeah, first bird clocked. Yeah, okay, at, all right. At at two fifty two, and then they rolled in from that from that point onwards. Now we we're doing the clocks um, tomorrow night, being Wednesday. Now I've just received. You mean you're doing the clocks tonight, being Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Sorry, <laughs> and I received a phone call from um, Neville, um, our, our um, liberation man. Uh, our 
to to let me know that uh, they're going to basket uh, tonight, Wednesday night, um, for the GMPF two dollar ringers and breeders plate for a race on Friday from Mildura. No, so, so people are still racing. I thought we were finished. <laughs> no, no, we finished. Uh, the GMPF, the GMPF will finish this Friday. With a bit of luck, and the, the, that will complete the $2 ringers. We had two years of that, plus a breeder's plate. So they will be uh, rolled over on Friday. The weather on Friday will be uh, good for a release. Um, but uh, what that has done is thrown a little bit of confusion into our um, pullover for, for tonight. So what I've uh, suggested is that we, uh, the guys that raced in the Croydon Classic can pull their clocks over at um, Dandenong. Uh, that, that's the Springvale boys and the, uh, and the uh, Dandenong boys. Pull their clocks over there. Um, Neville will put the results uh, through on, at Dandenong. And if they want to come down to the Croydon rooms, we'll be there because there's other guys that are um, that will pull their clocks over and have a beer and whatnot down at Croydon. So if they want to come down there, they can come down and have a beer and um, uh, talk about the race itself. And the, now the somebody asked me, messaged me, and said to me, "Is this a three day race or something, Ivan? Is it a three day yeah, race?" Yeah. Well, what happened was, uh, Ivan. Yes, we had a club meeting and we said, "Look." Um, uh, because there's uh, so many positions to fill, we had two two races basically in the one. We had the 2019 birds and the 2020. We said, okay, we'll let it run for three days <coughs> just to ensure that the places were filled. And um, and also we didn't have access to the club rooms Monday, Tuesday because the darts club were there, so... We said, okay, we'll pull the, pull the clocks over Wednesday. Doesn't matter. Doesn't make any difference. Um, most of the guys are electronic, and so you know, no dramas. Um, the guys at uh, the guys at Morning Mist that uh, are in the Croydon Classic. I was just talking to our sponsor, Gary Gillard, um, you know, the radio sponsor from Ron Freed. He is. Um, going to do the ones down at uh, Morning Mist and if the guys want to come up to the rooms at Croydon they can have a beer with us up there and I, you know, there's a few smokies in this race um, they've all kept their times pretty well close to their chest um, there was quite a number of birds home on the well no, undoubtedly next the, next week you'll have the winner and, and that all on the radio. Yeah, I hope so, yes we will we will and um, there'll be two winners, there'll be the uh, the winner of the 2019, and there'll be the winner of the 2020. And, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, there's, there was birds home on Sunday. Um, there were quite a few birds. So they started coming home from Charlie's 2.52 right through. We had one guy in our club who sent one bird. He lives at Healesville, at Healesville, and he clocked at 8.40. Oh, good pigeon. Bloody good pigeon, eight forty <laughs> at night. You know? So, you know, so I think he was probably the last one clocked on the day. Then we had birds um, early the next morning. I got up, I got a bird home on the on the day, um, a two thousand nineteen bird bred by my good mate uh, Brad Young from down at Lawn. Um, there was uh, birds uh, clocked on the day, bred by Razor Armstrong. 
um, you know, that were put in the sale. So I see look, Jamie Rigby got one down there in Werribee yeah, as well. He got a good one as well. Yes, he did. I'll get him to send a photo of, of, of his clock, actually, So unless he wants to come over and have a beer. But um, if he if he, if he wants to come over and join us, that's fine. Otherwise, he can send me a photo of his clock, and that, that, that'll suffice. Um, like I said, there was birds coming home right through the afternoon, up up to late at night, and very early in the, in the morning. I had um, um, Vince Araco's birds here. I brought birds back for Vince to release here, which I did on um, Monday morning. They did half a circle and just headed straight off to his place, and he was getting them at 3.40 on Monday night. So mm. in the afternoon, 3.40, he was That's getting That's not them. bad. What, oh, what wind did they have when you let them go? North. Oh, geez. So it was some <laughs> bloody headwind. Yes, it certainly was. <laughs> and and uh, I must say a big thank you to Vince. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed uh, being with him and talking with him. And also Les Solly and Laurie Mill. You know, um, on the uh, Saturday night, there was um, Vince, my, uh, Bronnie and I and Les Solly. We went down to the Murray River and sat, uh, sat down there and had a bloody good Vietnamese uh, takeaway. Oh, that sounds uh, all right. Oh, Vietnamese uh, takeaway in the Mildura. Oh, <laughs> mate, it was excellent, excellent. Mr. Mr. Hun or Mr. Bun, Mr. Bun, Mr. Bun. Yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, and we had a good uh, Thai uh, meal the night before, Bronnie and I, down on the river. Oh, mate, it's excellent. Beautiful up there in Mildura. I must say the weather up there. Well, my 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 that. better half and, and me, myself, are uh, thinking of going for a drive up that way on the weekend. Okay. I can give you a the uh, where we stayed at the B&B at uh, Cabarita, hmm. at Cabarita Lodge, right? Um, you can take your dog with you. It's, oh, uh, really? Dog- Oh, that's yeah, all right. Jeez, my mum would like that. My mum says yeah. she doesn't want to go yeah. away because she can't take her dogs. No, we're pet friendly and they're beautiful people, Vicky and Kim. Um, lovely people and made us feel really welcome. And Yeah, my, my better half wants to take photos of all the silos. Uh, oh, and, well, there's, there's a tour. You yeah, can take Ogan, a tour. Ian Charlton and, yeah. and along the way, yeah, the artwork is absolutely magnificent. It really is. It's a, it's a in actual fact, I tell you, when I was going up to Midiac and that, and we stopped in, I don't know, what was that place we bought peas there? Anyway, we stopped there, and it's this big silo with a, with a painting of a guy with a dog. Yep. You know yep. that one? Yep. I tell yep. you what, though, when you stand in front of that thing and take a photo of it, I tell you what, it's very, very, like, it overtakes you, yeah? It, like, oh. That's the feeling I get, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work in it. Oh, a lot yeah. Of work. A lot of work in it, but um, mm. look, I must say, uh, the drive up was good. We had a good drive up, and uh, mind you, uh, when we finished our little takeaway on the river and we got up to leave, we were, you know, we were jet lagged. <laughs> we staggered, <laughs> jet staggered from to the, the car. car and got back to where we were staying. But look, I can highly recommend uh, Cabarita Lodge. It's out at Cabarita, which is just um, about eight k's out of Mildura. And the mm. people there are absolutely great. So 
I can highly recommend that. No, good. Um, now, just before we... friendly. All right. Now, friendly. just before we sign off, Gary Gillard has messaged me and told me, can you please remind Tony McPherson that there's an auction on and it finishes yes, on yes. Sunday? And he has to remind people about it. Yep, yes. Oh, yes, and sir. the other thing he said was people are hitting the bite now button and not bidding on them. <laughs> They're just paying the top dollar for these pigeons. Yeah, yeah. Look, look um, we're, we're um, the Croydon Homing Club for their centenary plus plus two years. Um, on the 15th of January, we're running the, uh, the Croydon Classic Sale plus our celebrations. And we've got a, a sale up at the moment and we've got top flyers who have donated a pair of squeakers each. Now, there were 22 lots up there, but there's not any more. They've been going like uh, hot cakes um, per pair, right? Um, you can bid on them per pair. You can buy them outright for $300 or start make a starting bid. But, um, there, you know, there's, uh, there, were, there was Nick Lackiotis, um, uh, Tony Maslowski, Matty Whitechurch, Top fancier, so they're being um, national one lofts, and I think they're gone. You know, look, I must thank all of these people for for supporting us. The money, the money that's raised, will go towards our function, which we hope will pay for all the food and and drinks, so everyone can come along, and you don't you won't have to put your hand in your pocket. Uh, oh, well, you might for a raffle. That's bad all. But uh, everything else, as you know, Ivan, mm. we supply the drinks and and food and everything. Yes. and that's what we want to do. Actually, I got a shock the last time I was there. You go to the fridge and just help yourself. Yeah, mate. You know, we uh, we really look after everyone. And uh, tonight, you know, come along uh, for our clock pullover. All right. Well, you know, because we broadcast at Southern FM, which is part of the southeastern area, but you want to tell people the address of the Croydon Club in case anybody wants yeah, to come down yeah, and have the, a beer. Uh, it is Hughes Park Reserve in in Croydon, just op- opposite Office Works. You can't miss us. It's the the big. It's the, the green building. <laughs> and now, because you've got such a history, Tony, I think me and you should sit down and 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 uh, perhaps design a web page for your club because it's got such a great history. Oh, we certainly have, yes, yes. Uh, we've been talking about that to uh, do a web page. Um, so, yeah, we know, we've got plenty of stuff to put on it, that's for sure. Hmm. And... Um, I must say a big thank you to Gary. He's been uh, great in helping us and um, all of the donors, all of the donors, a, a huge thank you to everyone. Uh, your support is um, well appreciated by everyone and um, we want to make this a, a, a good you know, celebration for all of our past members, all of our all of our supporters, all of our uh, friends of the club and our present members, and let's uh, have a great day. And the Croydon Classic itself, this year we had two races, um, a huge success. A huge success. Oh, excellent. And we'll have the winners on here next week, I hope. Yes, you will. We're paying down to 10. 10. In the, the, uh, I think, the prize money. And you know what? Even the winners, right, because you're going to probably have people winning on overfly and that, but if you have a good pigeon that you think is an exceptional bird that somebody got will get those people on as well. 
Yep. Oh, look, I must say, yeah, yeah, look, we're, I must say, look, um, uh, Charlie's bird out there at Wallen was a great, great bird. Um, the uh, Steve up in Hillsville, he had a bloody good pigeon, you know. Um, oh, yeah, that one sounds all right at 8, look, 840 or wherever it was. Look, we, we, we had a 31, 31 fanciers sent 160 birds. The birds were released at 7 o'clock in the morning into a very, very light southerly and, mate, they just... There was no through. east in the wind? <laughs> no. Oh, good. Not at... Not at... Not at... Uh, not at, at um, not at, um, what about on the way home? Well, it, it's interesting. There wasn't we when we drove home. It was it wasn't hot. It was just and no no clouds in the sky until we got to Bendigo. And I would suggest and there was very very little wind at all. Very the trees weren't moving, right? Mm, and we yeah. get to Bendigo and there's a little bit of northeast. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the east has to be there this time of the year. <laughs> a little bit of northeast, and, and that's where there was high clouds. But beautiful day, and heat-wise, none. It wasn't hot at all. Oh, well, so, look, Tony, excellent that everything's gone very well and everything's gone to plan, and um, we've run out of time, so I'm going to ask you to sign off from here. Yep, that's good night from the Roadrunner. Goodbye. Good from day the, from the Roadrunner. Yeah. And uh, have a, ha, everyone have a great Christmas. All right. Yeah, we've been playing a few Christmas carols today, yep. so, yeah. All right, Tony, thanks a lot for your time, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week, hopefully with the winners of the Croydon Classic. No problem there, Ivan. Thanks, mate. Bye. Cheers. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484-340-551. Southern FM sponsor. Do you want to keep your birds flying high? Rod's Stock Feed and Bird Supplies has everything you need. A wide variety of pigeon mixes, avian mixes, grits, mineral blocks and health supplements. Plus a large range of loft and racing equipment. Phone Rod Churchill on 0409 416 794 or contact Petstock Terelgan. Rod's Stock Feed and Bird Supplies is a proud supporter of Pigeon Radio Australia. Southern FM sponsor. 
Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons' inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor Southern FM The sounds of the Bayside You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM The sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia And you're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. Now, quickly, uh, Charlie Gretsch will give us, he's off doing some sort of an acting gig, so next week when we're on the program, he'll go intensively into these results for the One Thaggy series. But uh, one thag- thaggy series on the fourth. In first place, we got Sharon Reardon. In second place, Charlie Gretsch. Third place, Troy Atwell. Third place, Andrew James. Fifth place, Trev Berham. Sixth place, Graham Atwell. Sixth place, Wallen Florist. Eighth place, The Logo Lady. Ninth place, Pretty Sally Home Hardware. And tenth place, George Attard. But it's time to say goodbye. So goodbye and cheerio till next week from Pigeon Radio Australia. Cheerio. So stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon.